his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Incidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Good morning. It's Blaise Olson for May 14th, 2023, Mother's Day. The fishing opener and a busy weekend at the Capitol. Thanks for joining me. We are down to the last six or so days of the state legislative session by all accounts. One of the big issues is, will they adjourn early? It seems trivial, but by the House and Speaker Melissa Hortman kind of taking the lead on adjourning early, it puts more leverage and pressure for there to be a global budget deal and a deal on capital projects first and foremost. And that really became the showdown of late last week, whether or not we were going to borrow or pay cash for over a billion dollars in state projects. The other issue is that Governor Walls is off. He's attending his daughter's college graduation, which no one should blame him for. But the question is, is he at a disadvantage on either increasing the rebate checks or other provisions because he's not at the table this weekend. Ultimately, the final deal will probably have to come out Monday or Tuesday. Health and Human Services were the issues uh, that consumed this weekend. And yes, there's a good chance they're working today, Mother's Day, at the Capitol. We're going to talk about a new poll out from KSTP with Tom Hauser. We're also going to talk about fishing politics with the legend himself, Ron Shera. This week on Sunday Take, and then my take on the governor's role and what the governor wants out of this budget. I'm Blois Olson. This message from Minnesota Corn. Look, it's a sustainable minute for Minnesota Corn because sustainability is critical for corn growers. Report this last week that the corn planting is on track and in, mostly across the strait. Of course, there are soggy fields in some places, but overall, uh, it's been a solid planting season for corn growers. And one of the big factors is soil health. Yes, that's right. The right amount of moisture combined with other factors in our climate lead to a better corn crop. That shouldn't be a big aha to anybody who follows how you grow things, but two-thirds of the state has adequate moisture. That should make for a great 
corn season. And ultimately, that leads to more sustainable products from corn-based products and plastics to feed to fuel. That's right. Think about cleaner fuel this summer from Minnesota corn growers. E85 in your car is better for the air. And it runs well during the summer. And it's innovation and research supported by Minnesota corn growers that has made Minnesota a leader in sustainable, cleaner burning fuels. Farmers care about the environment. And Minnesota corn knows that if it's not sustainable, it's not the future. That's this week's Minnesota Corn Minute. When we come back, fishing legend Ron Shera. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to Sunday Take. My first guest this week is Ron Shera. He is a legendary name, but he's turned into much more visible an advocate around fishing. And uh, with this weekend's fishing opener here, uh, I wanted to catch up with him about the politics of fishing and the investments that he's been advocating for and highlighting through his group, Min Fish. Ron, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Blois. And uh, uh, I'm going to be fishing as we talk, okay? Yeah, that's okay, Ron. I would expect nothing less. You have a family tradition. Where have you been this weekend? We've been uh, up to Bowstring Lake. Uh, I could say it's a family tradition. I say a lot of relatives and hangers-on, as I call them. <laughs> it's just friends who, uh, for over 20-some years, we've gathered at uh, uh, at a resort up on Bowstring Lake, and we have, a, we have our prizes and... Uh, things that you get for embarrassing yourself. And we have a big fish fry Saturday if we catch enough walleyes. Got it. Well, I'm guessing you ate well last night then. So there you go. Uh, Ron, you have uh, been instrumental in forming a group called Min Fish to talk about the economic impact of fishing in Minnesota, to advocate at the legislature and with the DNR and the governor about the need for infrastructure and investment in fishing in Minnesota. Can you talk about, as we end up this session, kind of where 
your efforts have led. I know the governor did an event at a hatchery just last week. So it's clearly on his radar. Are the resources lining up in the final budget deal? Well, Lois, as you know, dealing with the legislature is a you never know kind of situation. Uh, we started the legislative session, Menfish did, with a request for $60 million to start fixing up our fish hatcheries, some of which, uh, like the St. Paul fish hatchery, um, was built in the late 1800s, uh, repaired a couple of times, the latest, like 1948, and uh, uh, being held together with duct tape. Um, anyway, so we asked for $60 million for hatcheries, $37 million to start fixing up our boat accesses. Uh, that we discovered, we haven't built a new one in 20 years. We have hundreds of them that are in bad shape, built before the boats got bigger, power loading, things like that. And so as Menfish formed and we looked at things, it dawned on us that uh, uh, fishing, even though it was a huge economic engine in, in the state, $4.4 billion, that's a billion with a B, uh, it, it wasn't we weren't investing in it. We as the state weren't investing in this economic engine. And um, so we hired four lobbyists uh, several years ago to start working the legislature. I guess that's what you have to do these days. You got to lobby. Most of us who fish, we'd rather sit around and wonder what, what size jig we should use. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we hired four lobbyists and the last year, as you know, the legislature we were asking for bonding money. Yep. And the legislature went home without passing a bonding bill, something they hadn't done forever. And so now we're, we're again, we're here this year. Uh, I, I got to say this, Governor Walls came to what we call our summit meeting last year, and he heard our pitch that how we weren't investing in, in fishing in this state. Yeah. And it, he, he, he absolutely grabbed that idea and started, started talking about it all this past year. He has been, we've had three, uh, two summit meetings and one get to know the legislator meetings, Minfish has, and he's been to all three. And uh, his last time with us was just a, a week ago. Um, and he came there to speak. And he told him, I said, hey, we have some problems in the house. They're not, they, they zeroed out the public vote access money, zeroed it. And he says, uh, don't worry, that's not going to happen. And he put it in his budget, uh, the exact funds that we asked for. So he's been a great supporter. So, uh, but, you know, the legislature determines the budget. So we'll see what happens, boys. Well, you know, Ron, you raise a big question. And I think that's the take this week is all about. What does the governor want? What does Governor Walls want in this budget? Because, um, you know, the legislature does, you know, set the budget, but the governor has a lot of leverage. And, you know, whether it's the bonding bill, whether it's tax rebates, uh, I think that's the biggest question coming into this weekend and in this final week of the session. Ron, talk about the why investing in fishing is important not just what we haven't done, but talk about the economic impact, talk about the importance of getting young kids to fish. You know, I'm going to confess it's Sunday. So I have a little Ron share of confession. You know, I fished a lot as a kid, but I don't fish anymore very regularly. Or when my kids were little, we fished, but 
it, you know, I, I happen to pick golf as my weekend leisure. Um, and, and obviously lifestyle changes, demographics have an impact too. How are resorts feeling? How, you know, how are we doing on the number of people fishing in Minnesota? Well, it's a good question. You know, there are a lot of distractions today and, and, uh, you know, I won't divorce you because you're a golfer. I chase that white ball too. Once in a while, I would rather fish, but, uh, here's a few things that we found. Uh, one is roughly 30% of all Minnesotans go fishing at least once a year. And that's a huge figure. Yeah. And then, and, and the 4.4 billion, if you think about it, this is not about minnows and night crawlers necessarily, although that's a pretty big uh, industry in itself, the bait business. But fishing uh, generates boats, um, resorts, bait, tackle shops, uh, on and on. And, and so fishing, plus fishing really is a quality of life for a lot of us. Um, it's a great place if you want to be humble. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just can like humble golf. you, just like golf, you know. And so, and it's us. This opening weekend is unique to Minnesota. I look at it as like a bonding thing. Um, as I once wrote, the fishing opener. Well, excuse me. What I once wrote was there are three major holidays in Minnesota. Christmas, New Year's, and opening day. And roughly a half a million people are out this weekend, families bonding, friends bonding, spending money at resorts, bait shops. I mean, it starts it over again. The, the enthusiasm to catch a fish, especially walleyes this time of year, um, is at its peak. And th that makes us unique uh, among most states. A lot of states, you know, Wisconsin has a fishing opener. It's dead compared to Minnesota. I've been there. Yeah, we're unique that way. You know, Ron, you talk about the legislature and the dynamics of the legislature, the dynamics of the House. Obviously, you know, the, the legislature has gotten more diverse. This session with Democrats in control, there's a lot of urban power. Um, how have your conversations gone with new legislators, specifically legislators, you know, from the urban areas where maybe they don't have the, that connection to fishing the way those of us who have lived here our whole lives have. Interesting you would ask that. Uh, I didn't hear this firsthand, but one of our lobbyists passed this on. But they met with a St. Paul legislator uh, and talking about the need to fix up our fish hatcheries. And the legislature looked at the lobbyist puzzled and said, uh, what's a fish hatchery? And uh, now these are not stupid people, but once this legislator was told that the St. Paul fish hatchery, for example, is the one that raises fish for the children's fishing ponds in the metro area, uh, stocks other kinds of fish around metropolitan lakes, and that impacted her constituents she got that right away and said i'm in i'll support that so it's an educational process even if you don't fish you understand that fishing is important to a lot of minnesotans well ron uh, i want to thank you for joining me on sunday take but i also want to say that you know there's two reasons that i don't fish one is i don't know where to go and and i like to be with good people so if you invite me out i promise to go fishing 
I'll, I'd be happy to invite you. Sometimes I don't know if I know where to go. <laughs> like well, I, I know, <laughs> I know you outfish our friend Mike Max on a regular uh, regular occasion, even though he you know, talks a different game. So just uh, let you know that you have airtime today to to talk about that. And I didn't have Mike Max on to talk about fishing. Well, Mike Max holds up a little tiny bluegill, the same fish every year, every year, and then brags about it online. Um, I'm the only one that knows it's the same fish every year. Um, but he's, you know, he bases his fishing reputation on fakery. Uh, he's a wonderful sports reporter. I mean, he knows nothing about fishing, and I remind him of that quite often. Uh, so you can pass that on, Blois. I will for sure. Ron Sherrod, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Blois. Good fishing. When we come back, Tom Hauser on the latest poll numbers and how this last week of session looks. I'm Blois Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Our uh, final guest segment this week on Sunday Take is with Tom Hauser from KSTP. It's Mother's Day. He took in a Twins game yesterday. He has a TV show next hour. So he makes me look lazy some days, and uh, I'm okay with that because he works a lot. So, Tom, thanks for joining me. It's good to be here, boys, and no one would ever accuse you of being lazy. I I know, but, you know, uh, (laughs) you run in your marathons and all. Um, Hey, you guys, you know, I want to just – I want to set this up and just say um, KSTP Survey USA polls are some of the most consistent and accurate that we have. And you guys had one this week that I think for those in the bubble, those we talked to may have revealed some things about the governor's approval rating, about certain issues that 
kind of this where the you know the mindset of Minnesota is right now. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting. Uh, you know, whenever we we release these results and put them on Twitter or wherever, uh, people who don't like the governor always go, "Oh, your poll is completely wrong," because there's no way fifty four percent of Minnesotans could approve of his job performance because I don't like him. <laughs> I mean, it's just, right. it, it drives me crazy. And, and they, they completely ignore the fact that that's roughly the number, uh, the percentage of votes he got in the last election. I mean, it's, it's pretty consistent. And, you know, I, I just, but I can't help those people who don't want to believe polls that don't agree with them. Well, and I think, you know, one of the dynamics that we live in today, whether it's social media or even neighborhoods, communities, cities, towns across Minnesota and social circles is people largely talk to and converse with and associate with people who agree with them. So if you're with a bunch of people constantly that disagree with the governor, you're not going to hear from people who agree with the governor. And, And I think that's one of the things that I find as I travel the state or meet with people and talk to people is I really try to meet with people and know people just from all perspectives, because that then gives you a better sense. And the fact of the matter is the population of the twin cities, the issues that the legislature and the governor have taken the lead on are largely popular. Take for example, legalizing marijuana and cannabis that overwhelmingly popular in your poll. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that really always astounds me, given how far we've come on that issue, uh, that you now have more than 60 percent of Minnesotans who say, hell yes, let's legalize recreational marijuana. When I was in school and I'm a little older than you, they were still showing me videos like Reefer Madness, showing me how you were going to go crazy if you started down the path of smoking marijuana, now 64% of Minnesotans say it ought to be legal. And by the way, this is in the urban areas, suburban areas, and rural areas. It's one of the few things almost everybody agrees on. Well, and that's one of the things I've talked about. I know you and I have talked about it is the legalizing of marijuana is not just an urban liberal issue. It's a rural libertarian issue too. And we've seen that in election results. Let's talk about some of the other issues that you guys pulled on sports betting. This is a very populist issue. It's taken a little while to get started. Democrats kind of advanced it on Friday uh, out of committee. There's still some negotiation going on. But what did Minnesotans say about sports betting in your poll? You know, to me, this is the most interesting uh, poll question that we had in terms of the response, because we had to ask the question, it's not just, do you want sports betting, but how do you want sports betting? Who do you want to offer it? When you ask the question, do you want it to be allowed at Native American casinos, on mobile devices, and at the state's two horse tracks, it's approved by 54% of Minnesotans, so a majority. But if you say, do you want it allowed at only at Native American casinos and on mobile devices, 
the support drops to 8%, from 54% to 8%. And that's a problem for people who want sports betting because the governor says he'll only sign a bill that has the support of the Native American tribes, and they won't support it if horse tracks are involved. Yeah, no, that's what, you know, the negotiators are going to try to figure out and see if they can get it done. I was very, you know, pessimistic that anything was going to get done, but it seems to be have a little life support here at the end of session. Tom, well, and, it, I, and just real, real quickly yeah. on that, it sounds like the way that they might do it is taking some of the state's tax proceeds and giving that money to the tra- to the tracks and they said the initial offer of a $20 million pot and then $3 million a year after that would not be enough. But it sounds to me like there might be a number that is enough to help the horse tracks financially if they end up getting shut out of the sports betting business. No, I think that's a good point. And then you start to look at just the economics of those tracks and uh, the economic development around uh, tribal gaming and mobile uh, I was in Chicago last weekend, and at Wrigley Field, they've added on, I, I'm going to guess it's 20,000, 30,000 square feet on the side of it. It looks like it's been there forever, but it's a DraftKings sports book. And I don't see any scenario where that happens here in Minnesota, even though the professional sports teams who have been pushing this know that that's kind of what the expectation or the experience is at several other professional stadiums and ranks across the country. Yeah, it's hard to say what the teams might do here. They may look at places like Wrigley and see how popular it is. And the, but they'll, you know, it's the way Minnesota, we kind of like to tiptoe <laughs> into things. We don't like yeah. to go in full bore and, and maybe see what, what people uh, demand, what people want and then we respond to that as opposed to just saying, here you go, enjoy. Uh, especially when it comes to the things that uh, the original, you know, Lutherans and Germans of this state consider sins, Tom. We don't, we don't jump into those, those liquor laws or gaming things, you know, full foot. Like you said, we, we test the water with our toe. Well, our forefathers are probably rolling over in their graves going, what, you're legalizing everything? What's next? Sunday car sales. <laughs> Careful, Tom. Um, I know, I know. Gun politics has been something we're watching this week. Uh, you know, one of the swing voters in the Senate, uh, Senator Grant Housechild, said he he's going to vote for background checks. He's going to vote for things. You polled on that, and I just feel like gun control continues to get more popular. Uh, and it's not surprising considering the state of gun violence and you know mass shootings in this country. Well, and the two things that we asked about and the two things that the legislature is considering, you know, person to person, private gun sales and red flag or extreme protection laws. Neither one of those things is taking the guns away from lawful citizens. Uh, They're keeping them out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them because of their criminal records or whatever. And the red flag or extreme protection laws are designed to take them away from people who might be deemed a risk to themselves or others. They are not taking them away from lawful gun owners. Now, I realize the red flag laws could be abused 
I would hope that that would be the exception and not the rule. And so these things are viewed by most people. And again, our polling shows majority support, not just in the urban and suburban areas, but even in, in rural areas that, that a majority of people support these, what many people refer to as common sense gun laws. Um, and those are the things that I think, you know, Republicans are counting on to win some swing districts. They think that dog hunts, but I, you know, Tom, I just, I mean, all, all candidates have principles, parties have core issues, base issues, guns is one of them, but the, the roster of issues you pulled on suggests to me that um, of the things the DFL is going to take credit for and get done, there's not going to be a lot of issues for Republicans next year when they try to take back the House to go after that maybe aren't, you know, are, are they're popular. And de- Democrats seem very good at selling some of these ideas. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to try to run on, we're going to uh, make marijuana illegal. <laughs> we're right. going to go, we're going to go back in time. Uh, so, you know, and they, the Republicans were also bottling up uh, sports betting, although you could argue it's more the Native American tribes who've been bottling that up. But if Democrats are able to find a way to do it without the horse tracks, then they will have eliminated uh, that hurdle. The only area that I think Republicans are going to have a wide opening is on tax increases and the sheer size of the budget. There are a lot of people who question the sustainability of all of the spending that is about to be approved. And one economic downturn could put us into a budget tailspin. It could. And that's what I just kind of wanted to say, you know, between economic issues, uh, pending recession, um, last time there were rebate checks, and these aren't very big rebate checks, you know, we went into a budget shortfall and things there's a lot of one-time money. There's a, this budget is enormous compared to the last budget. Is there any sense of kind of caution amongst the DFL about the future budgets? Because the governor mentions it, but the spending doesn't seem to align with real caution going forward. There does not appear to be any concern. They keep saying, oh, no, this is structurally balanced, even in the so-called out years, the, the two years beyond this biennium. But a, a, a lot of it, you know, they're spending a lot of one-time money to kind of seed some of these programs, including paid family leave. I think it's 668 or 687 yep. million to get that started. And then the tax will start to get collected, I think, in 25. But in other states, they've had to raise those taxes because it wasn't enough. Nobody really knows. And they've admitted this in committee hearings. There are no actuarial studies that indicate how much that program is going to cost, how many people are going to try to take advantage of it. Is it going to be abused? And so that is an area, uh, along with several other parts of the budget, that are a real wild card. And they could go south in a hurry. And will it be in time for the 24 elections? Probably not. But certainly by the 26 elections, we're going to have a pretty good idea of whether this is sustainable or not. Um, one of the things that uh, we'll end with here is just how quickly things can change. 
you start to look at a shortfall in the next budget cycle, you start to look at a recession and all these other issues, whether it's gun control, sports betting, legalizing marijuana, they're quickly gone off the table. Um, I, I understand Democrats are looking at other kind of constitutional amendments, whether it's kind of later this week or maybe next session to try to make sure that they have something on the ballot that drives people out. What do you, have you heard anything on those? You know, I have, I have not really, I think they're going to, they're always going to try to keep abortion on the ballot yep. and, and, you know, the, the, the courts uh, keep that issue alive. And as long as that is alive, uh, you know, people, uh, some people are going to be driven to the polls that way. But I'll tell you, if if the budget goes up 40 percent or whatever and and people see their taxes going up, uh, that's gonna, that could bring a lot of Republicans uh, to the polls who are, are finally going to realize, even though they're told this over and over again, both sides, elections have consequences and Republicans did not show up. They just imagine a few hundred votes in one Senate race could have stopped much of what we're seeing happening now, let's say if House Child had lost or somebody yep. in one of those Senate races had lost, we'd be having a completely different discussion right now. And I think in some of those districts, some of these things might still have a, a bigger impact in terms of, you know, uh, the people in greater Minnesota thinking this entire state is being run by the urban areas and the suburban areas we want to take some of that power back. And some Democrats in greater Minnesota might want to be watching their backs. No, I think that's right, Tom. And, and I think it's worth noting, especially, you know, some of the data we've kind of compared over the last presidential versus non-presidential years is that Republicans get about 200,000 more voters out, especially when President Trump was on the ballot. So you talk about 100 votes here and 100 votes there. Presidential turnout is higher but as a percentage of turnout, Republicans get a better gain or have gotten a better gain the last two times, especially in those swing districts than, than DFLers. And, and I think you, you pinned it right there, Tom. They didn't show up last November and they're feeling the consequences right now. And you got to remember, too, there's not a lot of enthusiasm for a Joe Biden reelection on the Democratic side. Uh, you know, his approval rating is in the upper 30s, low 40s nationally. And, you know, so if the Democratic base is not enthused about their presidential candidate, uh, what kind of impact could that have if it's Trump or DeSantis on the Republican side or someone else that people are enthused about? It's uh, either way, I think the 24 elections are going to be fascinating. Fascinating. And Tom, I've confessed already that um, I'm also not excited about talking about the same race as 2020 over and over again in 2024, but I know you and I will. So we'll just, cause it's our job. Absolutely. We have no choice. We don't get to pick them. We just get to talk about them. Sounds great, Tom. Have a great Mother's Day weekend and thanks for joining me. Okay. Thanks. Talk to you later, boys. When we come back, the take this week, what does Governor Walls really want out of this session? And does he or did he go to the map for it? That next on Sunday Take. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. 
We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. We're back for the take. The dynamics and positions of this year's legislative session here as we get down to the end are really a new study in leverage and power and one-party control. You see, we're so used to multi-party control in Minnesota where everybody has to get together and everybody has to compromise that one of the pieces here that kind of left the table was the idea of compromise. Now, DFLers didn't agree on every issue. Uh, they So they had to compromise, but mostly amongst themselves. Republicans real only leverage was in the Senate where they could or could not choose to offer votes for a borrowing bill, which requires 41 of 67 senators. And that's where things start to get complicated, because if you borrow, then where are those projects? And does that change some DFL votes on some other issues? If maybe that extra funding goes to tax rebates or another project. And that's the thing to watch. Is there any DFL senator who will lay down the gauntlet on any one issue this week to try to get leverage or pull a mansion or a cinema, as we would call it in D.C., where one member has that? But the one person to watch in the final days and to evaluate the session on is Governor Tim Walz. As you heard Tom Hauser say, he is popular. He is popular, and so are some of the major initiatives, from legalizing marijuana to sports betting to gun control. And those are the issues that he can and will be influential on. Ultimately, 
on sports betting if the tribal communities don't agree to the deal the governor's not likely to agree to it ultimately the governor has pushed gun control very solidly and minnesota appears to be for it and then you take the legalization of cannabis and that begins to show a populist issue that over 60% of minnesotans are there but this is where we point out the things that are missing Minnesotans also want bigger rebate checks. They also want more tax relief, including a full repeal on Social Security. Governor Walls already changed his tune on repealing Social Security. But a governor traditionally would fight for that rebate check. They wouldn't say, oh, I just floated this idea. And so as we enter the last week of the legislative session, Will Governor Walls use, even in a slight way, a bully pulpit so that his big initiatives, especially on tax rebates, increase from the $500 or so that the House and the Senate currently offer? If he does, it goes to show that he is shrewd and he will stand on his ideas rather than defer to this never veto, always get along attitude that isn't bad. It's just different than governors before him. I'm Blaise Olson. That's The Take. Follow along this week on social media. Search Morning Take on Twitter or Facebook. You can follow us there. I'll be with Vanita 620 Monday through Thursday. And next week, we'll summarize all things that got done or didn't at the legislature. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.